It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support us by supporting our sponsors, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Joe DiBiase. The best way to eat a Reese's Cup is frozen. And I'm Jordan Hanskin, and I am currently four movies into an MCU run where I'm trying to watch them all in order. And this is the Locked On Sabres podcast. You have, what, like 20 more movies to go then? Isn't that like I think 30 I, got, movies? I, I just finished. I just finished Thor. The first one. Not- yeah. It was okay. It's generally ranked near the bottom of the MCU. I think yeah, that actually the second Thor is maybe even worse and the worst. Yeah, um, but they, uh, you could clearly tell they didn't know what they wanted to do with the character yet, and they didn't realize Chris Hemsworth was funny. Uh, yep. So like it was like it was all the humor was like, look at this weird guy that doesn't know Earth stuff. Yeah the 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 <laughs> Thor uh, comeback from movies one to three. Uh, is about as heroic a comeback as you have in the MCU. It's the uh, the Jamie Lannister of the MCU, if, if you will. Yeah, and I uh, I actually skipped ahead a little bit because I had never seen Captain Marvel. Captain yep. Marvel, actually a very good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I have not seen that, so I'll have to get into that. Um, we got a lot to talk about in today's episode. We've got a Saber uniform release coming tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. We're recording this at 8 p.m. on uh, Monday night, and we will have a podcast tomorrow after the jerseys come out. Funny enough, we might as well just talk about this right off the top, but other things we will uh, get into today. The draft lottery, we wanted to wait until that those results were in. The New York Rangers picking first amidst controversy. So we'll get into the lottery and also, you know, like how good a scenario was this? Because there were eight teams that were eligible to win the first overall pick in the Rangers. Uh, you, I think you could go either way on them where they would have stood on that. Uh, the playoffs themselves, the Maple Leafs losing. What a weekend hockey was, especially in that Toronto-Columbus series. Peng, the Penguins falling out as well. And we'll talk about some of those teams that were eliminated and maybe what the future holds for them. And we'll see if we can figure out any Sabre connections along the way, thinking about their players. But we have both seen the uniforms. We're not going to give away any details on the uniforms. But I feel like fans are going to love them. And like, is that if we like kind of keep it as simplistic as that? Do you think that's like the right way to think about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess what can we say? Well, we can say what the Sabers said, and it's going to be royal, red, yep. for sure. Like that's that's it. That's all we can tease with, but I I love I loved them. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. It's I think people. Like <laughs> yes, yeah, we can't really go further than that. I, it, it does appear though, like the Sabers are doing it because they are listening to the fans. They are hearing the fans. They sent out a, a video pumping up tomorrow's release, and it was just like tweets, tweet after tweet after tweet of like, please go back to Royal Blue, please go back to Royal Blue of from fans over the years. Like this is something that fans have been wanting four years and I can't wait to uh, see everybody's reaction tomorrow. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that after we, uh, after they come out 9am on Monday morning. So if you're listening to this podcast before that, then uh, you know, uh, you got to stay tuned early tomorrow morning. Cause they'll, they'll be released then no leaks yet. 
So uh, we'll see. It's not, not going to come from us, though, if, if, it, if it does happen. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the, the draft lottery. The New York Rangers win the first overall pick. It's In terms of the lottery itself, I thought it was just very annoying, very frustrating, very stupid that they really needed Gary Bettman to, to confirm the identity of each lottery ball. Like our, like that was amazing to me. Um, and then, but, but I, I guess I can't be too mad at that process because what the, the, the process was that Batman was going to confirm the team on every ping pong ball before it was dropped into the machine. That happened for every team except for one. The one team that he did not confirm the identity of before it was dropped in the machine was the New York Rangers who ended up winning the lottery. The guy with the mask on, whoever the hell he is, drops the ball by accident, apparently, quote-unquote, uh, in, the, in the, the lottery machine. He pulls it out, and then he shows the Ranger logo. I, th- I mean, if you wanted to give conspiracy theorists and people that think the NHL is fixed something to, to to go on like you did a hell of a job nhl yeah i mean it's kind of like something out of like a comic book movie um to tie it back into my lead um yeah this masked man comes in and he's slightly in you may have a slightly altered uh ping pong ball and that's the one that wins it's the one that didn't get any of the uh what do you call it? the uh, layers to it where you have to go through Batman. You have to go through this guy. It's just like this guy just plops his ball in and that's the ball that wins. A little shady, a little shady NHL. Yeah. And I don't know, like, is there any competitive advantage that could have been, uh, that could have been decided by doing that? Probably not, but you know, uh, they could have put a smudge on the ball. You know, I saw some people tweeting that added finger oil makes the ball heavier and it makes it more likely to be able to pull up the shoe. Did you see that ball bounce? I didn't know. That like there's a, there's a gif I think on Twitter people can go look at it. Um this the guy that drops the ball, it does not look like it bounces the way a ping pong ball would bounce. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's right. It was it was weird how the how the machine went. Um but anyhow, the the Rangers win, uh controversy and all. You know, I haven't seen the league address that, that that happened. I wonder if they will. They probably won't. Do, do Am I giving the NHL too much credit? I don't think they're this clever. But I would love to believe that the, the NHL just wanting, you know, Batman maybe, really wanting to troll everybody is like, hey, guys, you know what we're going to do? We're going to drop one of the balls in first by accident, and then it's going to come back up just to, just to give everyone that little uh, the controversy or that conspiracy taste. What do you think of that theory? I think it's interesting. Oh, so you're saying that they did it on purpose because they like the they like the uh, yeah the pop or the ratings boost that conspiracies uh, get. <laughs> yes, um, I was thinking of it in terms of like I love doing this with the lottery. Is like which one, which team would the league most want to have win? And mm-hmm. the Rangers are kind of high on the list of those eight. I think that they were they were probably the hot one of the highest. Um, well, if, if they were going to fix it, I would, I would, I would definitely argue that the Rangers would be number one on that list because the Penguins and the Leafs, like, yeah, they're, they're already big good. markets, right? They're already good. Uh, maybe they're not as good as they they think they should be, but they're good. Like that's a, those are both playoff teams on a consistent basis. Um, whereas the Rangers are kind of on the way down. At least they're trending down now that Lundqvist is in his upper thirties. So, but I, you know. 
I mean, Connor, Connor McDavid being an oiler. That's all you ever need if you think the NHL is fixed. That's the proof that the NHL is not fixed. See, I think the NHL wanted that. I think they wanted glorious Edmonton's rise to power. No, why? But they, they they cost themselves. I read an article about this a couple years ago. I forgot who wrote it. The NHL, by having McDavid go to Edmonton, in terms of TV revenue, in terms of jersey sales, in terms of um, like a local TV market, the NHL lost tens of millions of dollars because McDavid went to Edmonton instead of like Philadelphia, who I always use as an example because they were in that lottery. So like even if there's no financial benefit to McDavid being ah, in Edmonton, that's why I can't get on. But I didn't say the reasons were financial. Okay. There's well, the more in the done. NHL. There's more in the NHL than just money. And I <laughs> did, think did, there's but... those old boys down there in the, in the NHL offices that said, "Oh, wouldn't it be great if the Oilers were good again? <laughs> wouldn't it be wonderful if the next Wayne Gretzky was an Oiler?" Mm-hmm. That's my theory. <laughs> and they they went behind Bettman's back. They yeah. they stuck behind the king, and they they made it happen. He wasn't he wasn't there at the time, but that is a perfect Ken Holland impression, I feel like. I don't even know what Ken Holland sounds like, but I just feel like that's what Ken Holland would sound like. Um, who was their GM at the time? Craig McTavish? Yeah, it could have been Craig, Mc- Craig McTavish. Although, I will say, he lost his job as the Oilers GM because McDavid went to Edmonton. They were like, all right, we're good now. We're competitive, right? All right, we now we can go get Peter Shirelli, who at the time was like a big name. Um so maybe McTavish wasn't it, but maybe, maybe Gretzky, maybe they, the league owned, owed Gretzky one for something. I don't know. What's up guys. Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Um, Jokes aside, um, who did you want to win the lottery of the eight choices? I wanted either Minnesota or Winnipeg to win it. And yeah. here's why. Minnesota is kind of boring to me, it's like right now. So my thought process on Minnesota was, one, even though they've been you know relatively successful, especially in comparison to the Sabres uh, for the last 10 years, like they have been a consistent playoff team. But they, I looked it up. They're 2-7 and seven in playoff series since Ryan Suter and Zach Parise got there. I think it's now eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, and... That team is always on national TV. That team has got a great fan base. And the team itself, it's old. Like, if you look at their top five goal scorers, their top five scorers on the year, four of them were in their 30s. So that team is aging out. They're a team that's always on TV. They're a team that I, I feel like I've got to watch a lot. And they're a team with a fan base that I feel like would, would you know, they would appreciate Alex Lafaniere. And he also, for Lafaniere's sake, like, if he had gone to Winnipeg, Sure, like he would have been a great part of that team, but would he have been the face of that franchise? Probably not. If he had gone to Toronto, he's not going to be the face of the franchise. Same thing if he had gone to Pittsburgh. Probably the same thing even with the Rangers. So Minnesota was perfect for me and also also in building Lafreniere as a star. He would have been the face of a franchise that's on national TV a lot. So 
that they they were my number one. What about you? No, Minnesota was the team that I was gonna say. Um, for pretty much all the same reasons you said. Um, yeah. it's a team that's kind of starless. Yeah, and I think right. That, and the other main factor is that from a Sabers perspective, you don't want the you don't want the great player in the East anymore. There's enough great players in the East. Right. What what, what was your least uh, favorite outcome though? Oh, uh, Toronto for sure. Yeah, I, 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 me, I was Toronto star. too. Like, Pittsburgh, exactly Pittsburgh was close. Pittsburgh was close though. Yeah, Pittsburgh would just be annoying. Like it would just be like, oh, okay, let's keep them great forever. Um, mm. I don't know if Lafreniere is on the same. I don't think he's on the same level as like an Eichel or McDavid, but he's still going to be pretty darn good. Like I think that's what all the prospect scouts and the the big name, the big uh, draft guys have been saying that he's, you know, not necessarily like, the surest of things, but he's going to be mm-hmm. very solid, probably probably all star level talent. Yeah, he feels somewhere in between, like um, I don't know, like what Nugent Hopkins and like what Nico Heischer were his yeah, first overall picks. Than yeah, better than that, but not not to the level of like McDavid and Eichel and Matthews right. and yeah. So maybe like around Patrick Line level as a prospect. Um, pretty good. Yeah, pretty very good. good. Like he'll be a star in the league. Will he be a generational star? Probably not. But if he, I mean, maybe actually, if he would have went to Pittsburgh and he went to uh, to Toronto, he could have become that. But I'm glad. Like I didn't. Those teams, in terms of deserving, they they just did not deserve it. The Penguins have put both teams really have put themselves into cap jail and Pittsburgh has been like the most consistent sports franchise, maybe in all sports leagues in North America for the past decade. Like who's been more consistent in the past 15 years than the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe the new England Patriots actually would be the answer. But like, other than that, like there's not a lot. So with Crosby and Malkin entering their mid thirties, like this is the cycle you should go through. Like your stars get old and you go through some turbulence. Like the Blackhawks are going through that right now. The Kings are going through that right now. Like they won Stanley cups, but in doing so, and then having to pay your star players, you're probably going to pay for it at some point with bad old contracts. First guys who used to win Stanley cups for you and Pittsburgh to me is if they're not there yet, I don't think they're quite there yet. They're a year or two away from that reality where Malkin is 34, Crosby is 33. And it's like, all right, you're going to go through the cycle. It's fair. It's fair, right? But if they had gotten Lafreniere, it would have, to me, not hit reset on everything, but it would have extended their window of opportunity further than I think they deserve. So the Penguins, I, it, Toronto is still Toronto, and that's why I will put them as, the, uh, as my least favorite. But I think it was... It was very close for me between them and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I've, I agree with all that. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have even had that big of a problem with Edmonton because I think they're still a flawed product. Um, but I feel like, the, I guess, the argument is this team's just been given so many damn chances. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to <laughs> – it's annoying to see them. Oh, here you go. Here's another bone. Oh, here's another one. Here's what, – what would that be, like six first-round picks, first overall picks? Right. Yeah. The Penguins also, oh, this, this drove me crazy. There was something like this with the Canucks and Devils a couple weeks ago with their first round pick. The Penguins should not really even have been eligible for this lottery. They should not even have been eligible for this first overall pick. They traded their first round pick to Minnesota. The conditions <laughs> on the trade were if you make the playoffs, 
that pick goes to Minnesota. If you miss it, if you miss the playoffs, then you have the option of of pushing it back a year. The Penguins played a playoff series. I know the NHL is doing this this song and dance. They're going back and forth to whether the qualifying round was playoffs or not. But those stats were playoff stats. Like the, the NHL marked them down in their record books as playoff stats. The Penguins played in a series, and they were the the the, the Wild were being told no that pick. They missed the playoffs, so that pick is not yours. Like that, if I was a Minnesota fan and they had won the lottery, I would have been furious, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Um, you can't have it both ways. You got to just pick one. So they haven't decided yet? Like, is that what it is? They, they, they just, or no, they no. Just no, that, that pick will be theirs for this season. Um, the Penguins will keep it because they technically, I guess, at least by draft pick standards, were considered to have not made the playoffs. Does that mean that next year automatically goes to Minnesota? Yes. So Mi- Pittsburgh's first round pick next year is Minnesota's. Let's root hard for the Penguins' demise. <laughs> it, hey, it could happen. Malkin did not look like himself in this playoff series. Crosby didn't really either. Although I think a lot of people were. I thought uh, Crosby did kind of well. Honestly, he did. He did. He didn't look like. I wouldn't say he looked like himself. He he played well, but no. he had that injury coming in. So. I don't know. Malkin was the one, though. Malkin was. So, how many shots did Connor Sheary miss? He missed. I mean, he missed a penalty shot. He missed the net on a penalty shot. I feel like he was set up every shift to score, and he just never scored. He didn't score once. Yeah, tough (laughs) tough to watch for a former saver, Connor Sheary. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more playoffs in just a second here. We want to talk some Toronto Maple Leafs season ending in the qualifying round. How about that for Toronto? Uh, John Tortorella, Torts and the Blue Jackets got the job done despite what it. happened in game four. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. I just want to take a quick minute, though, to talk to you about rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online now. For over 20 years, rockauto.com's catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle. You get to choose it by the brands, sorted by specifications or prices, whatever you prefer. Best of all, the prices in general at rockauto.com always reliably low. The same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box. So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com with code NHL. 
Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Jody Biasi and Jordan Hanskin back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. The Leafs are out. The Penguins are out. The Jets are out. The Wild are out. There are a lot of interesting teams for this offseason on uh, that that fell in this qualifying round. The Panthers, hell, I mean, it, did you see this? It took them 25 minutes to fire their GM after they were eliminated. <laughs> I don't. Did their GM deserve firing? In your opinion, like are they Dale Talon? Yeah. I think he deserved to be fired. Yeah. He's been well, there well, 10 years. Well, he, kicked out, well, he kicked out all the analytics guys a couple years ago, so he's not my favorite. Oh. block for Joe. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it, it clearly hasn't worked for them. They haven't improved at all in two years. Um, it's true. It's true. And so, they, like, they use, like, they use the, cl- the classic uh, goalie band-aid. It's, oh, my uh, goodness. You know, just, get, just get Bobrovsky in there, and then you just say, like, oh, now we're good. <laughs> the, the two things you don't want to do is in, in I mean especially in goal because it's like running back in football right where like you can find guys anywhere like I'm not going to say Linus Olmark's the best goalie in the world but the Sabres spent a 6 round pick and they got a, a borderline at starting level goaltender what's They're that stopgap at least the stopgap Right, exactly. And look at the top goalies in the league and tell me where they were drafted. It's a lot of times in the mid to late rounds, sometimes undrafted. Uh, there are guys, of course, that were first-round picks, like Andre Vasilevsky is one. But there had only been four first-round pick goalies in the last 10 years. And in the same offseason, in the same offseason that Florida had the other thing you don't want to do in net, one thing you don't want to do is draft them in the first round, and the other thing you don't want to do is give them big contracts. In the same offseason, Florida gave Sergei Bobrovsky in a seven-year, $10 million a year contract, and they spent the 13th overall pick on a goalie, Spencer Knight. Like, that, to me, like, deserved firing, right? Like, the two th- things you don't want to do most, and they did it in the same offseason. And, like, what, what do you expect? Do you expect Spencer Knight to take seven years to become a starting goalie? Because otherwise, you're going to get halfway through Bobrovsky's contract. You're going to have the superstar prospect showing up, and you're going to have to figure out what to do with that. Right, right. Yeah, there there there's no way a 10-year mill, 10 mil a year. No, I can't talk. Yeah. 10 mil a year contract is going to be worth it 6 years down the line for a goalie that's what? Going to be what? Mid 30s? He'll be mid 30s by then. Yeah, late 30s yeah. even. You have to cup in that in that span and I don't think Florida has the capability. I don't think so either right now. So yeah, so I, yeah, I, I do. Des- I do believe he deserved to be fired. Um, whether there are big changes to these other teams, like Toronto, is interesting to me. And who will be scapegoated? Who will fall on the sword for them losing their fourth straight playoff series? Uh, I mean, since Austin Matthews has got there, they have not won a round, and that includes this qualifying round against the the Blue Jackets, who they were a pretty heavy favorite over. So, you know, like what what are they supposed to do? If you were Toronto, what would you do with that? Because you've got, I mean, their first line for game five against Columbus, their first line, I think it was, they might've put Matthews on the wing. So it might've been Tavares, Matthews, and Marner. Those three account for 40%, 40% of their entire salary cap. And I know that John Tavares was like the best free agent to come available in a decade. And to be able to land him, like that's, of course that's enticing, but really what has happened with that contract, and they were warned about this when it happened. I didn't think it would get to this point with them, but the Tavares contract has prevented them from adding anything that they need on the blue line or uh, uh, alternative to Frederick Anderson 
in net. And I just don't know what you're supposed to do. The guy who I continue to think probably falls on the sword, and this is where we could bring the Sabres into picture here because I would love to acquire this guy. I mean, Willie Nylander is very good. Like, he is a very good top six winger. But because he's not on the elite level like Tavares, Matthews, and Marner are, and because Kyle Dubas is like a bright young GM that I think is pretty secure, and because their coach was already fired in Mike Babcock, like, I don't know who else is supposed to, you know, to, to, to be scapegoated for this. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if the Leafs should do anything. I think that, like, yeah, it stinks that you lost. But it's like, I wouldn't just trade away one of my good players because, I mean, they might have to because of caps. Mm-hmm. But... It's just a really tough thing to like tell me, oh, I gotta trade this guy to to get money off the books, but you can't spend that money again because then you'll be back at the cap, but you could spend it on, I guess, defensemen. Is that like pretty much? Yeah. So it's I don't know. They're in a, they're in a tough they're in a, they're in a little bit of a bind. Um, I wouldn't. I don't. Did was Nylander that bad in the series? I didn't think so. I think game five, he played really bad, but that's because for some reason they decided to put him at center for the first time in his career in an elimination game. Like that was a weird coaching move, but no, I thought he was good in the series. I thought he was fine in the series. I, I, I looking up his stats right now. He was, yeah, four points in five games, two goals and two assists playing over 20 minutes a night. Like I, I noticed him a lot and I thought he was good. And I think this is kind of what Willie Nylander is. Like this year, what were stats? 31 goals, 59 points in 68 games. So he probably would have been somewhere between 60 and 70 points. Um, t- 2019, I he was a point every other game, but that was the holdout year. It seems like he wasn't in shape when he showed up. But his other full seasons, uh, as a 21-year-old, he had 61 points in 82 games. The year before that, he had 61 points in his other rookie year. So to me, like you're getting that he is a 60 to 70 point player. And like maybe that's all he is. But I mean, in terms of the Sabres, like and like what they want, might want to explore, like that's the type of player you should want to add. And there's always that wrinkle of would the Leafs and Sabres ever even do business with each other? But if they my did, guess is no. but my guess is no. But if they did, and you know, it happens like the Rangers and uh, Devils last year made a trade with each other for like the first time in 20 years. Like it can't happen. Yeah. And the Leafs need defensemen. The Sabres need forwards. And I... <laughs> I, don't, I know where you're going. I don't want to just go back to Ristoline and every time someone has a winger that might be available. <laughs> but, okay, so just for sake of conversation, then I'll go, wait, maybe we can get Brandon Montour to them. But, like, it, one of those two. I just, please get them off one of my team, or one of them off my team for that type of player. Because if that type of player is available, I want the Sabres to be in on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. I just think it uh, seems unlikely to me. Um also, when you think about the Leaf series, what don't you think it would have been different if Muzzin was still around? Play Maybe, yeah. Like, I mean, you you lose one of your top defensemen, it's gonna hurt. Like, they they couldn't score like, though. The, no, I know they didn't score, but I think that also just kind of comes and goes. I don't think there's any real reasoning behind it. You know, I think that like, yeah, a good offense can get shut down for a game. You know, Corpusalo came back after the one game hiatus and he was awesome. Like he buckled in. Um and Columbus kind of just laid the lumber on him. Like I just feel like they were the least are out physical in that game. I know that it's a it's an old hockey cliche, but I think that, that matters. Like I think it matters to a team that's high offensive. That's how you gotta play them if you're Columbus, and Columbus played that style to a T. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's torts. Like, <laughs> it's so funny right. that they were the team it's to do it. And like, they're just gonna they're gonna bottle you up. And yeah. if you pass them based on your talent, good for you. But they're not gonna give you anything. They're not gonna give you. They're not gonna yeah. make it. Fun. And, and, that's, and that that's makes them a tough out. And, and that uh, element of the Blue Jackets yeah. is what makes them right such a tough team to play against. But don't don't like. And maybe people saw this in that series. Like they do have more talent than their reputation than sure. their reputation. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, who everyone laughed at Columbus a couple of years ago, including myself, who when they drafted him third overall over Jesse Puyi like he has become a good like he's not elite, but he is a very good number one center in the NHL, and he's still young, so he could even grow from that. Like he was dynamite in that series, and like the analytics guys like Columbus, Oliver Bjorkstrand is one of the best. Uh, he's one of the best puck possession wingers and he's one of the best zone entry guys in the entire national hockey league. And he's a guy that like never gets talked about when you talk about star wingers around the league, but Bjorkstrand has really developed into a, like a very good top six player. Like they've got talent. Cam Atkinson's a good goal scorer. Nick Foligno at this point, in his career is still a pretty good goal scorer. So yes, they lost Panarin. They lost Bobrovsky, but that team was more than just Panarin and Bobrovsky. And I think that they just proved it. Um, that being said, they've now got to play Tampa, play Tampa again. Rematch. <laughs> the rematch from last year. Um, so we'll, we'll dive more into that series uh, upcoming. We're going to do like a full uh, pl- playoff preview on one of our next episodes. Uh, we'll talk about series by series. We'll go through them. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to pretty much do it for us, though, on today's episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk some lottery. Talk some uniforms. Talk some Maple Leafs losing. It's a, it's a perfect August episode. Uh, for the Lockdown Sabres podcast, I would say. And tomorrow, we're going to have something big to talk about. The Sabres uniforms are tomorrow. Uh, hope that you're able to see them right at 9 o'clock and react with everybody, all the Sabres fans, because I think everybody's going to love them. And I think a rarity nowadays is Sabre fans feeling good about something Sabre-related. And I think tomorrow will be one of those days. So uh, if you want to be a Debbie Downer about it, I would just say just log off and let everybody have fun for that. That would be my advice to you. Um, All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow after the Sabres uniforms come out. This has been the Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.